You're moving to bring deliverance from worry and fear and bondage. You're delivering us from every yoke. I thank you. You give us utterance to speak as we ought to speak today. The things that are necessary that we might bring life, we might bring encouragement, correction, strength to each and every one. We thank you, Lord, right now for all these requests that have been brought throughout this month. We pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. That every need would be met according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Every body healed. Every financial need, God, met. We know that you take pleasure in prospering your people. We see that in your word. That your desire is to give each one from the resources of your kingdom. So we thank you, Lord. That in this day where there's so much concern about what will happen, we ask you. Put our faith in you that you supply every need. Father, right now where there's difficulties in in marriages, in homes, we ask and declare that the love of God begin to fill up those homes and displace strife and confusion and anger. God, deal with the hearts of those who are struggling right now with spending time alone and being frustrated and letting that frustration out. Father, right now, let the peace of God and the direction of God Break the strategy of the enemy that would come to divide and to conquer homes. But God, let this be a time of rejuvenation, reconciliation. Let it be a time of learning to communicate and and, and to restore love and communication. We thank you for that, where there's that need. Lord, we ask you for protection for every single frontline worker, every nurse, every hospital worker, every EMT, every fireman. God, for every policemen, state patrolmen, sheriff's department, we ask you, God, that the angels of the covenant would guard round about them every time they go to work, God, bearing them up in their hands, lest they would dash their foot against a stone, keep them from harm, protect them every single day in every single way. God, we just thank you that every one of these needs, every one of these requests, by your word, that you would move in lives to create change, to bring provision wholeness, health, and healing. We thank you in this room that everything you desire to accomplish in every heart and life would be done, be worked out by your word and your spirit today. In Jesus' name. And everyone who agreed said, amen. Amen. Once again, good morning. I'm glad that you're all here. Praise the Lord. Say this. Say, the life of God dwells in me. me. Therefore, Therefore, I have victory victory. in every situation under every circumstance and in every place. And my victory releases a fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere I go. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. It's good to see you just again. want to remind you, uh, tomorrow night we'll be praying right here. And uh, also... Uh, to let you know right at the end of this service, and if you're watching online, uh, we, we always want to be able to minister to the kids and stuff, so immediately following this service uh, online and here in the sanctuary, we'll be running a uh, one of the glory hallelujah days, and so uh, we did that in, in the spring, and uh, Jamie was so gracious to produce those and uh, to let us use those for Children's Church online, amen, and... Uh, we're so glad about that, and um, 
really in heaven, I really think they're rejoicing. That golf clap that we just got out of that was almost uh, ridiculous. So if y'all are going to give her a clap, like do it in some. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, really, I, I'm, I don't want to make anybody mad at me, but if, if we're like, thank you, Jesus, for sending people. I mean, that doesn't get God too stirred up. It takes a little bit better ex expectancy and a little bit more gratitude for what God is doing through people to really get things stirred up. So you're going to have to help me out this morning. But anyway, we're going to have that right at the, immediately following this service. So even in here, it'll be showing up on the screen. So if your kids want to stay and watch that, uh, we'll be doing that. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to share some things with you today, maybe next week. Uh, as I was uh, really uh, working on it and, and thinking about, you know, we're entering December. We came out of Thanksgiving, took communion, and I'm thinking, you know, God, what do we want to do to get ready for Christmas? And, and you know what? I really, I just couldn't really get anything. But as I was praying, this just kept rolling over on the inside of me over and over and over and over again. That he who begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it. That the one who has begun a good work in you, everybody say good work. Come on, the one who has begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it. You know, for the last month, we've been talking about the faithfulness of God, and God is always faithful. And he started something, and he's always faithful to finish what he started. And I believe that in the day that we're in and really beginning to understand, and if you've been with us for a long time, you've heard this statement that we've made over and over and over, that God is preparing you for something that he's prepared for you. So that when you arrive at that place, you occupy that place, you are not occupied by it. And if we're not careful as the church, we begin to just get rolling and think we're going to heaven. But God said to us, he instructed us that we should occupy until he comes again. Right? We're not just standing, we're not just waiting until Jesus comes back, but we should be occupying places with the authority and with the power of God. We should be residing. We should be a place individually and as a church where we're occupying, we're fulfilling place, we're, we're, we're in a place where people can come really to understand what Jesus has done and what Jesus is doing and what Jesus will continue to do because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe that he is preparing us, whether he was preparing you last year, for this year, he is preparing you right now for something he has prepared for you in 2021. That he is working and he's building something that he started building the day that you were born again. That he is building a habitation, not only corporately, but individually. He's building a, a house for himself, a temple, as it were. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he's building something so strong. He's building something so valuable. He's building something so precious that when people begin to see our life in the midst of a storm, they're wondering why that we don't look like we're about to blow over, that we're about to blow down. But in the midst of everything, that we are rock solid, that our faith in Jesus Christ does not waver, but it stands strong. 
that we are not reacting like the world is, even though the same circumstances are there, but we are responding to every situation with the word of God coming out of our mouth, the love of God being extended from us, the peace of God settling us like never before, that we have a goodness even when there's stuff all around and evil all around, there's a goodness that comes out of us that is willing to reach out to even those who are unlovely, that there is something that is a defining force about how our life is put together and how our life is built. And God started building something the day that you were born again. And we might not have understood that building process, but he started something. And because he is God, he always finishes what he started that Jesus is the Alpha, the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He didn't just author it. He plans on finishing it. He didn't just come so you could pray a prayer and when you leave this body, end up in heaven, but he did something so that you could have and I could have an abundant life right now, that our life on this earth could spring forth from an eternal life that comes from him that we're not just living to get by and survive, but we are here to thrive and to move from this place right into another place, that we are living according to the kingdom of God right here and right now. We're not waiting for the kingdom of heaven, but the kingdom of heaven has rule right now. It's not only come near you, but Jesus said the kingdom or the rule of God is in you. That there's power in you to govern life as it ought to be. And he said, whatever I've started in you, I'll finish it. Somebody say, God's not finished with me yet. Come on, sometimes we get to the point of thinking that that's just about it. I had, a, I had a good run with God, or I had a good run financially, or, you know, I had some good days. Well, God's not finished yet. Until it's completed, God's not done. Even when we're faithless, even when we have a bad day. How many of you ever had a bad day? How many of you had a bad day recently? <laughs> even when you want to throw up your hands and say, is this all there is? God's saying from heaven, no, this is not all that there is. I have so much more. This is not a good time to get tired. This is not a good time to quit. This is not a good time to sit back and let somebody else dictate how you're going to live. This is a time to reach down on the inside where life is. Come on, when the world talks about a gut check and they look down in there, there's nothing in there. But when the body of Christ says, let's take a gut check and you look down on the inside, that's where the Holy Spirit dwells. That's where life springs forth. If we'd ever quit looking on the outside and take a true gut check as believers, we'd find out that the spirit of the living God, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, dwells on the inside of us. And hope begins to spring forth where the world's trying to say, is there any hope? Just get in line and just let her go. The inside says, no, it's a time to rise up and put our feet on the ground and put our feet on a solid rock called Jesus. Come on, God's building something. And I love it. But he's got to get some things going. He's got to let us see and have confidence. Listen, he started something he ain't finished. 
And what's going to be the best way for him to finish is that we cooperate with him. And so let's just uh, see if we can break into this. I don't know if I can get this all. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. See if I can work some things and, and fit them together this morning. And we won't get it all done this morning, but I just want to encourage you. Amen? God's not finished. Come on, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Heard somebody say this more recently, but just understand this. Light shines brighter when it's dark. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Light shines brighter when it's dark. Right? You know, whenever you get up in the morning and it's, it's dawn or when you're, the sun's going down, it's dusk and you turn your headlights on, you can't hardly know. But boy, when it's dark out, you're thankful you have headlights. Amen? And listen, there's a world that's going into darkness, and they're going to be thankful that there's lights all over around them. And those lights are the members of the body of Christ. They're shining with the light of life. Amen? And so 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, starting verse 9, Paul says this, For we are God's fellow workers. We're God's fellow workers. God's not doing it by himself. And God's working together with us, and we're working together with God. So you just got to mark this down real quick. Like, if God's not finished, I can't be finished. If God's not finished, because I'm a fellow worker. I'm a fellow worker. He said, you are God's field, and you are God's building. You are God's field, and you are God's building. I believe that right now, if we're listening with the ears that the Spirit of God wants us to have, that God is planting stuff on the inside of you. He's planting some stuff that he wants to bury, that he wants you to carry. Not to be burdened, but to carry while it germinates, while it takes root. And what you're carrying in the spirit is something that when it becomes full grown will manifest in a way that God will receive glory. It'll be something that people can really come unto and partake of that will be life-changing. And it may be different for each and every one. For some, it may be a place where God opens up new avenues of doing business. But you see, God's doing something. This isn't just about regular, ordinary business. This isn't just about really uh, uh, making money. This is about the influence that I will have upon people and the kingdom of heaven and how I minister from a place of running a business in that marketplace. Some of you, it'll be a place where you really realize I have a sphere of influence and there's something that God's put in my heart that I can teach others on how to live life and how to move through life and where, where I am. Some of you will be teachers in the schools and, and it's so important that believers are in the school system to minister to our kids something of life. And there'll be inspired ideas that even the world says, you can't, you can't talk about that stuff. God will show you exactly how you can talk about that stuff and impart things to kids. He's planting something on the inside of you that he wants to grow that will burst on the scene, that will give the church influence in so many different areas of life. But it'll take prayer. It'll take time to develop. It'll take time to work and allow that thing to be built on the inside of you that you're a planting of God. It's almost like, you know, this, this analogy is a little bit weak, but it's almost like God is making this grand greenhouse that not only are you God's building but you're God's planting 
And he's planting something on the inside of you and building a structure around you in the name of Jesus. But the light, the sun, is shining in to continually bring that which he planted to fruition. So you're his planting, you're his field, but you're also his building. It says, according to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But at least let each one take heed how he builds on it. In other words, Paul said, God has made me a master builder, and I brought the very basics to you to establish your life in Jesus Christ. But now you're going to have to continue building. God's not finished yet. And so it's a process of working and building. He said, but take heed how you build on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's works will become clear, for the day will declare it. He's talking about anyone who builds with the very precious things that God has supplied for him. He's not talking about building a a house of natural means of gold, but he's talking about the precious things of the Spirit of God, or those who will build with just the natural ordinary things of the flesh. He says, because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's works of what sort it is. If anyone's works, which he has built on on it endures, he will receive the reward. If anyone's works are burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet as through fire. He said, listen, God is building something that he plans on lasting forever. He said, I'm planning on building something with you, not apart from you. I'm planning on working together with you and giving you a plan and a print and a blueprint that will cause you to know exactly how to build. And in the end, the building that you build, the building that I build, will be tested by fire. And when we build with the spiritual maturity, uh, material that God has given to us, and it's tested by fire, it remains standing. I believe we're coming into a day like never before, that what we say we believe will be tested by fire. That we will find out very quickly, do we have a faux faith or do we have a genuine faith in God? It's easy to say we have faith. But James said this, he said, listen, it's easy to tell me that you have faith, but I will show you my faith by what I do. He said, when it comes right down to it, I'm not just saying I believe something. I believe something to the action of my life, to the building of my life. I will show you what my faith has built in life. And in those days, in the building on those foundations, many times we miss what God is doing. And I just want to encourage you that so much has gone on in 2020. Some of you feel like you've weathered a storm. Some of you feel like maybe the storm has gotten the best of you. But listen, I'm assured by you being here that you have a firm foundation. And Jesus said, listen, when you build on a foundation of not only hearing the word, but doing the word, when hurricane force winds come and beat on your house and beat on your life that has been built by the word of God and action upon that word, it will remain standing. Somebody say, God's not finished with me yet. Come on, God is planning on building things that will remain. That no matter what 2021 looks like, no matter what 2020 looked like, 
And God is establishing something that will go through 2020, it'll go through 2021, and if Jesus tarries, it'll go through till the last day that you take a breath, continuing to grow, continuing to be strengthened, continuing to be revealed as something that God is doing in your marriage, in your family, in your job, in your life, in your service in the church, in the kingdom of God. He's doing something that will be recognizable, that will be so strong, that will be so valuable, that will be so precious, that no force from hell will be able to knock your life off track. Come on, the Bible says that anything that can be shaken, there's coming a day that anything that can be shaken will be shaken, but that which cannot be shaken will remain. Now, I'm just telling you, it would look like over the landscape that all of a sudden there's a shaking and everything in the world gets shaken out, and the only thing left standing is those who have built their life on Jesus Christ. Come on, the world thinks when everything gets shaken, the church is going to get shaken out. But the church is the thing that should remain standing when everything else is shaken. So Paul says this to the church at Philippi. He says, therefore, my beloved, in other words, since God has really doing something, building a life in you that is incredibly strong, it's incredibly powerful, it's built, and the materials to build that life with are made of precious things, valuable things. They're made of the very life and the very essence of God's life. He said, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, we need to stop there because our idea is like, you know, we're under grace, we're not under works. How do we work that out? But more literally, what he is saying there that might help us, if you break that down into the language it was written, he's saying here, because of the relationship that we've had and the things that I've taught you, he said, carry out your own salvation till the end, right? Instead of thinking, i got to work this, he says, listen, something's been given to you. Carry it out until the end. Literally, what he's saying is he's saying you were born again and you began with the life of God being imparted to you. Carry out that salvation until it turns into the very image of Christ in your life. Come on, don't stop short and say, you know what, I'm just a better looking person than I used to be. I mean, I just used to look terrible. I used to look like a sinner, but at least now I look presentable. I go to church. I look like an ordinary Christian. He says, keep carrying it out until you begin to look more and more like Jesus, until fully you are knowing that I am in the image of him. I don't know what that looks like, but I've laid everything aside, and I do have this hope that when I see him, I will be like him. I don't want to just look like everybody else. How about you? I want to look like Jesus. Come on, our standard isn't just somebody else who's living a good life. Our standard is Jesus. But the wonderful thing about it is some people are like, oh my gosh, there you go. You put so much on us, the standard. Come on, the standard is Jesus. And why? Because the standard was Jesus at creation. Come on, when he created the first Adam, he created him as his son without sin to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth. 
Sin lowered the standard. Jesus just came back and said, this is, this, this is what you really were meant to look like from the beginning. Sin keeps trying to say, that's such a struggle. But he says, no, if you build correctly, you'll begin to see how the building fits together, how the parts fit together. And it won't really be such a hard work to get there. It'll just be establishing the materials that you've been given, putting them in the right place to build. Line upon line, precept upon precept, to begin to work those things in to a place where we're able to see and carry out from beginning to end. You know, as I was thinking about this, I, I used to work and, and uh, build houses, work on building houses. And there's two houses, really the, the, the first house that I got into uh, after we got married to build and the last house uh, that I fully worked on from beginning to end. And the first house that, that I worked on went to Aspen, and it was like an old log cabin, like a two-room log cabin with a, 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 a block basement. And when I got there to, to start working, uh, the foreman brought me on and said, this is what we're building. He lay, laid out the blueprints. And you know, it didn't look like a one, two-room log cabin. I think it ended up being a 4,000-square-foot, two-story, modern home. And you know, the good thing that I loved about it is started to look at what we had and what the blueprint said. And I was looking forward to the fact that the company that I worked for wasn't just a framing company that we would come in and frame and leave. But we had the task of starting with that cabin and finishing with what looked like that blueprint. And God is tasking us to carry out to the end, that what the old man looked like, God is going to do a tremendous renovation. And he's not going to quit somewhere in the middle. And he says, if I can get you to work with me and carry it out from whatever your log cabin looks like to the 4,000 square foot modern God-like blueprint that I've laid out for you. And the wonderful thing about it was is you start looking and you're like, man, alive. This, is, this looks like we should have just leveled this thing and taken it out. But we didn't. We took only the specific things that we needed and renovated and made it brand new. See, God's not looking to wipe you out of the face of the earth. He's taking your body and your soul. He's renewing your spirit and he's building something that's phenomenally beyond what you saw under the old man. He just says, if I can show you the blueprint, if you could just see the blueprint. The wonderful thing about it always was, you know, working on those things is the blueprint was always just something that you looked at and you went, wow, this is something. But you knew you'd carry it through to the end. And the wonderful thing about it was, is we knew the people and the price was already paid. We knew they wouldn't get into the middle of it and quit. We knew they had the money to finish what they started. And listen, the price has already been paid. Jesus paid the price to get you from where you are to the very end. You don't have to get to the middle and say, do we have enough to finish? God says, I got enough to finish. If you're willing to start, if you're willing to carry it through to the end, I have a blueprint, I've paid the price, and we can build this thing and finish what we started. Somebody say, God's not finished with me yet. 
Come on, it doesn't matter if you're at the beginning or if you're at the middle or you're nearing the end. God's not finished. He's got something phenomenal that he wants to bring forth from you and from I, myself. The second house that we built was a 5,000-square-foot log home. We started on land that was not even, I mean, it was just up there in Missouri Heights. Had to lay the foundation of that thing. They came in, 16-inch round logs. They put those things in. I'd never done anything like that before. I don't think the guys, Ed, had you ever done anything like that before? No. Uh, no. It was the most amazing. You saw the, this 5,000-square-foot log home, these huge logs, and we began to work on that thing. And the most amazing thing is, you know what? You could have walked away at any process of it, but the joy of it was starting watching a hole dug in the ground and walking away with the family moving in and seeing the phenomenal work and the plan that was on the paper coming to life right there. And the views and the furnishings and the room and everything that came about, it started on paper, but somebody had to pick it up and carry it through to the end. And so when Paul said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, he's saying, listen, the blueprint is awesome. It's bigger than you thought. It's 5,000 square foot, but carry it through to the end because it's worth it. He goes on to say, carry it through to the end with fear and trembling for it is God who is working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He said, how can you carry it through to the end? Because it's God working in you. And God is working in you not only to build the desire to have that kind of life, but the power to carry it through till the end. Somebody say, God's not finished with me yet. Come on, we might be coming to an end of a year that just boggles your mind, but God's not done. In some cases, God's just starting. Come on. You say, well, I've been serving God for a number of years. Yeah, he might just be doing a, a renovation. He's taking out that old get gold shag carpet and putting in something more modern. <laughs> Come on. He's breaking down some places that you were closed in, and he's going to give you a brand new open concept. Come on. God's not done. God's not done. So listen to this. Come on. Philippians chapter 1. This is where we really started. The New King James says it like this, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He'll complete it. I like to say it this way, that what God started in you, he has every intention of finishing it. He has every intention of finishing what he started in you. See, most people just think, well, he started something. I got saved. You feel that excitement when you get saved. But he said, I'm not, I, I'll finish what I started if you'll just work with me. The Passion Bible says it like this. He says, I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this glorious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you and will put his finishing touches to it until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whew. Come on, no matter what, you start thinking, is this it? God says, this ain't it. Step back. I'm faithful to continue the process till we're 100% done. 
Come on, if any of you have done building, you might think, you know, I've been a Christian for a long time. I'm pretty good. Well, just get ready to break out the punch list. Those punch list things, we're all ready to get done, move out, and all of a sudden, you know, you show up one day, and here's the punch list. It's time to put the finishing touches on what you thought was finished, but there's finishing touches. God wants to do that. So we're just going to begin a process today. Is that all right? Probably finish it up next week, but I want to just tell you if we can get in the proper frame of mind that God's not finished. Wherever I'm at, God's not finished. You may have gone through this process. You may need to go through this process just so God can get moving what he wants to get moving to bring it about. But number one, the number one thing that we're going to have to think about doing, if you haven't already, is demo day. Demo day, right? If you watch any of these programs that are on right now, you know, one thing about the lock-in, you get a good amount of time to pray, and then when you're done praying, you can watch HGTV. <laughs> and so all the things, you know, they all talk about the renovation. They give you the blueprints and, you know, they got their client and everything, but everybody's excited about demo day. It's demo day. It's the day we start getting to take away the old stuff. And once we get all the old stuff out, tore down, it's great. You just get the sledgehammer and bust through the wall. Come on, you get to take that old oven and you get to hit it with a hammer if you want and then throw it in the big dumpster, take it to the dump, do whatever. Demo day. And everybody likes to watch demo day. And everybody's like, oh, I wish I could be a part of demo day and just bust a hole in the wall. But when we come to demo day spiritually, how come we go, oh, demo day? <laughs> come on. The beginning of what God is doing, the work that he's begun. The biggest part of beginning a new work in you, the biggest part of becoming a new creation in Christ Jesus is that old things pass away. Old things pass away. It's time for demo day. It even got quiet here as I was explaining demo day and busting it down. Faces were lighting up like, yes. And then I said, spiritually, demo day. And everybody went. Come on, spiritually, you got to see, man, God gave me this sledgehammer, baby. And that old unforgiveness, we're busting that baby out. Come on, that old selfishness that just keeps dogging my tracks, that makes everything about me and I can't get outside of me and ever see somebody else's, let's bust that thing up. Let's break it down. Let's, those walls that got created because I've been wounded and I've been hurt. And come on, let's just get the big sledgehammer. Let's get a chainsaw and cut that stuff down. Come on now. It's time to get happy about demo day. Come on, we're going we're to tear some stuff out. We're going to pull it out. We're going to remove it from our life. So when I remove it from my life, I'm going to feel a little bit empty. And the reason that we have this awesome blueprint right here that says we look like Jesus, that there's this love, there's this joy, there's this peace, there's this wisdom, there's this strength, there's this power, is when all of a sudden we've ripped out the old and we're like, now what? We get to look and say, whoo, this couldn't be built Till this got removed. Come on, you can't have a brand new living room with open concept if you still got all a bunch of four walls right there. 
But when you rip out those four walls and you're like, now what? When you rip out the kitchen and all the counters, you're like, now what? But then you go back to the plans and somebody comes in and says, well, now what? Now you've ripped everything out. Uh, let me show you the plan. And you even start showing the friends the plan and they're like, oh, oh, wow. That's going to be awesome. That's going to look so much better than your old, life, uh, your old house. Come on, we're like, this is personal. What are you doing? I'm trying so hard to get lying out of my life. I'm just trying so hard, but it's been there for so long. Well, what are you going to do if you're not a liar anymore? Don't call me a liar. What are you going to do? Uh, it's, it's personal. But boy, when we renovate our house, what are you going to do when you tear all that up? Oh, look what we're going to do. Boy, we're going to put in these cabinets, and they're going to look nice. Granite countertops. Woo-hoo, you should see the sink that we're putting in. And people are like, whoa. Come on, just think. I'm ripping lying out of my life. What are you going to do? Whoo, watch what I'm putting in. I'm putting in truth. And man, when the truth prevails, when the truth comes alive in my life, come on, when people start seeing the truth of God come about, they're going to go, ooh. Wow, I look forward to hanging around you when I know you're not going to be a liar anymore. <laughs> Come on. Come on, I'm just trying to make it practical. I'm trying to not get too religious. Am I too, being too religious here? Come on, we just got to pull some things out. Drag them out. Time to throw them into the spiritual dumpster. Demo day. <laughs> Come on. Demo day. Somewhere we just got to go, come on now. God, I'm right here. It's demo day. Let's get to work. I'm here to repent and lay it all before you. Let's just tear some stuff up. Come on and come out of that place going, we're tearing some stuff up. People look and say, man, you, 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 you look a little rough. Man, we're tearing stuff up. What are you tearing stuff up for? Because I got a brand new life I'm fixing to put into place. Somebody say, God's not finished with me yet. Whoo, glory to God. Come on. So it's demo day. So this is what Hebrews chapter 12 says. You know this. He says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Passion Bible says it like this, and as for us, we have all of these great witnesses who circle, encircle us like clouds, so we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has already been marked out before us. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. I believe this is the uh, New Living Translation. It says, for although we live in the natural realm, we do not wage a military campaign, employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy and that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance to the true knowledge of God. 
We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Come on. He says we got to dismantle and we got to demolish. Demo day. Demo day. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, live as one who has died to every form of sexual sin and impurity. Live as one who died to diseases and desires for... uh, and desires for forbidden things, including the desire for wealth, which is the essence of idol worship. When you live in these vices, you ignite the anger of God against these acts of disobedience. That's how you once behaved, characterized by your evil deeds. But now, but now it's time to eliminate them from your lives once for all. Anger, fits of rage, all forms of hatred, cursing, Filthy speech and lying. Lay aside your old Adam self with its masquerade and disguise. For you have acquired new creation life, which is continually being renewed into the likeness of the one who created you, giving you the full revelation of God. Come on, he said you take that old life and you put it out because you have a vision of a new life that's created in the likeness of the anointed one. Come on. Say, God's not finished with me yet. Come on. He's faithful to complete what he's begun. But it all begins with demo day. It all begins with demo day. And then secondly, the good thing is we have demo cleanup. We have demo cleanup. You can't get started till you clean up the demo. So 1 John chapter 1 Verse 9, I know we all feel bad about demo day. We feel like we got just stuff laying all over, but thank God. After demo day, after we say, I'm done with that, we're putting that out. It says, if we confess our sin, in other words, if we start to clean that out, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Whew. See, it's not just clean up the demo and everything looks like a mess, or, or have the demo and everything looks like the mess, but he says, Go ahead and have demo day, and then we'll come in and just start cleaning stuff up. Get ready for this new life to emerge. First Peter says it like this. In the NLT, it says, God the Father knew you, and he chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. Come on, it says, when we knelt down and said, God, I'm done. I want a brand new life. He says, I'll come in and I'll start something in you that I plan on completing until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, he says this, I plan on completing it until you look like Jesus. Come on, that's God's intent. He said, I started something in you. We're going to demolish the old man that was birthed after Adam's sin. We're going to clean that all up and we're going to lay a foundation and begin to build a life that looks like Jesus. It's a life from the inside out. It's not a life that you have to wear a robe and grow a beard and have long hair and wear sandals. It's a life from the inside out that looks like Jesus. So after demo day, After demo cleanup, we begin to lay the foundation. 
And we don't have time to lay the foundation today, so we're going to have to work on the foundation next week. But just remember this. God's not finished with you yet. I think it would be extremely cool if you found the translation you like and you took uh, uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 and cut it out for the next couple weeks and put it on your mirror, put it somewhere, and just got it down in your spirit that the one who has begun a good work in you Come on, the work that he began, Ephesians chapter 2 says that it's not by, uh, uh, it's by grace through faith that you were saved, not of yourself, not of works, lest anyone should boast, but you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus, ordained to live in these good works. What God started in you is amazingly good. And it says the good work that he started in you he plans on finishing till it's complete. He's faithful to complete it. He won't quit on you. He won't say, oh, you know what? What I didn't see in this renovation is you've got some termites. No, he'll take it out. He'll, 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 he'll default. He'll, he'll kill any pests you got, Right? Oh, your plumbing wasn't laid out just right the first time. No, he'll fix everything. He's faithful to complete it. He won't quit somewhere in the middle. He's faithful to complete it. Why don't you stand up with me? If you're here this morning or if you're watching this morning, it stirred your heart to say, you know what? God's not finished with me yet. If you don't know Jesus Christ, he's ready to begin by taking out the old and giving you a brand new life. If you say, I'm ready to rededicate my life, I'm ready for a renovation of 2021. It's just a matter of saying, you know what, I'm ready to give it all to Jesus. It's demo day. Let's tear out the old and let's start building and build clear through till we're finished. Let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Father God, I come to you this morning. And I'm ready to lay aside my old life, my old thoughts, my old ways. I'm ready to lay aside sin and weight that keeps besetting me. I'm ready to have a life that looks like Jesus. So I ask you, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Start that good work in me like never before. I rededicate my life that you'll start something in me afresh and anew. Today, I give my life to you. I believe that you died for my sin. And God raised you from the dead so that I could be forgiven and made whole. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I have an altar worker up here. I'd love to give you a, a, a little packet to explain to you. If you're there, uh, go on our website to uh, share your story, and uh, we'd love to get some materials into your hands. If you prayed that, you're rededicating your life, you can come up and get that packet as well. But uh, just continue to stay with us. I believe we're going to share some things that will help you build line upon line, precept upon precept. Once you get going, see what God is doing in you. You'll see what he wants to do through you. 
And I'll tell you, hope for the future will become evident and exciting. Amen? Say as we go, what God did in Christ Jesus? Far exceeds. Any damage done to me? By Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day. If you're watching with us, uh, hang on for just about 10 minutes, and then we will be showing glory hallelujah day. You can be dismissed.